Wow, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Well, why did you think it was going to be easy? Because they said it was going to be easy. Hmm, shaking my head. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip as we talk about the sinister, sinister, I can't even say it, y'all, the sinister side of easy. Yeah, that's it. I'll see you on the flip. The sinister side of easy. Yes, I have gotten got by it many times and I just want to come through here and share some wisdom smacks with you today. And why am I talking about easy? Well, for one thing, I'm talking about it because I am um, working on a training uh, project that I'm about to put out. And the funny thing is, is whenever um, I or other people who do this kind of stuff for a living have to consider what to present and how to present it, it it really causes you to walk on a razor's edge of how you present it. Because a lot of people do not, and I repeat, a lot of people do not want to do something that's difficult or hard, no matter how truthful, how straight of a line it's going to get them to what they want. Everybody wants the easy done for you, simple, uh, click and go, one, two, three step. Everybody wants the recipe and it's a hard sell when you have to be honest with folks and tell them, look, you want to do this new thing? This is something you've never done before. And, you know, to be honest with you, most of the time when you're trying to do something that you've never done before and something that is going to give you back big results that you're expecting, let's just face it, biologically even, you're going to have to build new brain synapses that tell your brain to move this way, do this, whether it's something that you're doing with dexterity and tactile, meaning you have to touch it, or something that you're having to learn how to use different brain centers and sources to to pull off or even the emotional impact of what you're trying to do. And so it amazes me how we are all susceptible to wanting to have the easy. And I just want to say that there is really a sinister side to it. You know, I can't, I'm I'm not going to try to say that word too fast today, y'all. You see, I am struggling over my S's. But anyway, and I got the nerve to have some S's in my notes. But let me just go on and say them. (laughs) there is um, this side of easy that is alluring. It is uh, mesmerizing. It has a glamour to it. And no matter how much people might think they are rational, how much they think they are grounded, they can still get duped by it. How many times have you had... um, not had or done something or got into something thinking that it was going to be easier than it was. And I'm not even going to talk about the copywriting, the sales copy and all that kind of stuff that had a part to play in it. No, I'm talking about how you think that you're going to come into an industry and be able to do something that people in the industry are not even able to do. 
and you have no no experience, no skills, no know-how, but because someone said, just follow my recipe and you're going to be up there with the best in this industry in over, you know, in a weekend. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And this is not fussing at anybody. I have, like I said, I have been duped and, and everything. Um, I keep going back to uh, P.T. Barnum and uh, his Humbugs book. It's very powerful. It is a public domain book. So you can go to one of my favorite sites, uh, the Gutenberg uh, site, and download it and uh, read through it. And I'm going to tell you, he just, it's kind of like, he just was like, let me just write in parables and let y'all, I'm not parables, but let me write in little, um, little laws and precepts so that y'all can get this. And he wrote uh, in these humbugs, he, he just had kind of like a, a tacit street smarts about this whole concept of easy that I liked. I've talked about his famous quote that he's been attributed to, you know, there's a sucker born every minute. But when you go back and you read that book and um, some of his others uh, that he put out uh, during that time, what you'll find is what he is saying is that a sucker is the same as a scammer, is the same as a stupid person, is the same as a slothful person. Ooh, I made it through that list of S's without stumbling. <laughs> and how he presents it. Let's let's just let's just talk a little bit about Papa P.T. Barnum. What he talks about is that suckers are those types of people who are always trying to look for the come up, the shortcut, the inside track, the easy, the done for you, you know, the automatic, the uh, simple. And all of those types of things. And what he says is also that the reason why they are quote unquote suckers is because they knowingly or unknowingly feel like they don't have to be uh, subjected to the cosmic laws of uh, sowing and reaping, of gestation, of... um, of uh of 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 gravity of or or any of the other laws that we know are in quote unquote full effect. Now, of course, we could go metaphysical and say, yeah, you can find ways, you know, alchemically to to supersede these laws. That is true. But in the meantime and in between time, the average person, the Joe Q public and Jane Q public out there, they're not thinking about alchemy and all of that because that even takes discipline. And they are trying to get in and sometimes they're trying to get something for nothing. And that's where he really harped on this whole thing of uh, being duped by the shiny, being duped by the easy, uh, being duped by the something for nothing. He talks about, he even gives an example in in the Humbug's book about this person who is... uh, wanting to get over on society and he uses the idea of a of a good watch and he's like now if you know a watch costs and I'm just going to put these numbers in here paraphrasing what he's saying and he's like if you know a watch costs a hundred dollars fair market value and somebody tells you I can get you that watch for ten dollars or ten dollars or even a dollar or whatever ten dollars uh and you say yeah get me that watch you have no rights to complain when you get the watch and under casual ex- inspection, it looks like the real thing, only to find out that it's a knockoff or a fake by someone who's in the know. 
And therefore, you cannot go to the police. You cannot do all these other things because you were trying to get something for nothing or something the easy way and those types of things. Now, yes, there are great attributes for easy. We love easy and easy has its place. But in the meantime and in between time, we have to have a good and steady diet of easy, moderate, difficult, and all the in-between. It's the times when we always want to look for that uh, easy way out. I have uh, <laughs> I have had to start laughing when I just scrolled through comments of uh, people like, oh my gosh, on YouTube, there will be a YouTube video where someone says, I'm going to teach you something. And the person gives you some background. They give you instances. They might put some anecdotals in there and then they'll show you step by step. And then someone will time, time stamp them. Meaning if you want to know how to get to the, get to the good part, go here. Or someone will say, can you just get to the point? Can you just do this? Can you just do that? And I laugh now because when you know better, you do better. And uh, yeah, some of them, yeah, they are talking all over the place. But it also shows that the people who are making those types of comments are the ones who are, are they have no patience. And part of the sinisterness of easy, yay, I said that, that word right, um, is that it makes you think that you're being sly and cunning and clever, that you're able to cut to the quick and you're able to get to the point fast. And what it does is it strips you from needed uh, accessory components that help you have a polish and help you have nuance and finesse and all of these types of things for whatever it is you're trying to do. And so even how People look at stuff saying, just get to the point or no fluff, no muss. I'm like, is that really what you're wanting? Or are you, are you wanting to just not have to tackle and, and, and work for um, what it is you're going after? Um, and yes, I will also say there are people who don't have the attention span of others. And it's not because it's necessarily a condition like a, a ADHD. I'm not going to put that on those people. I'm going to say that it is a conditioning where people have gotten to the point where they have no time for anything but exactly, purely what it is they want because they haven't learned how to be self-disciplined um, to go through the process of learning of everything. Uh, I was looking at um, some literature from um, the 1800s and how people wrote and how they uh, uh, wrote letters and those types of things, um, like I said, I'm doing some um, research and actually putting together a new a new training product for people uh, of how to start writing a novel if you've never written before. And then I'm also working on one on how to put together a training course. And the one for the novel, now I've been through this information before, but I wanted to refresh my mind. And it is uh, the whole concept of a novel came into being in the in the 19th century 
because of people's ability to get uh, paper, ink, and, and quills um, at lower cost, and thus our need to communicate on a one-to-one level group. Because before then, we had epics, parables, uh, fables, and those types of things that were um, stories, but they were stories to kind of teach you a lesson. And then after we started having the letters, especially the love letters, people don't want to give romance its props, but yeah, especially the love letters where people needed to be able to talk and share their life without it having to end in some type of story that made its jump over into uh, writing for the masses where you're telling a story for the pure purpose of entertainment, of engagement with the other person. And thus, the concept of the narrative was born, which is prose and what we what we look at as a novel today. And going back and looking at how these people wrote, what they included, it would drive the average person cuckoo right now because they took in everything and they truly understood, well, the, the letters that I have seen and the writings I have seen, they understood how to paint a canvas, a a vibrant canvas with words. And sometimes there would not be a whole bunch of anything except for painting this canvas of words, taking the time to tell the delicate features of one single flower that they saw that day and marveling in how it The process of dissecting it down with their eyes made them think of the person who they're writing to and then then going in and saying, please tell me how your garden is going. Tell me what you're planning or, 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 or whatever, because this is before they were able to send a quick pic as well. So they were more engaged and writing was not easy. It, it, it was a it was a task, but that task was also translated into care and love. And with being able to have that as a constant skill they had to use, they were able to do so much. Um, I was also looking and this is um, not in correlation with the, that pro- those projects, but I was looking at how many patents were done in the United States during the 19th century as opposed to the 21st century and how the patents for the 21st century are quite different. Our patents today are for components and most of the components are for ease of use, automation, software, systemization. Whereas the patents back in the 19th century were for concept, lifestyle changes, and um, big concepts to move us into a different way of life. And I'm not saying this as an indictment. I'm just saying that our need or our want or our lust for easy has changed us in ways that I don't know our great, great, great grandparents would recognize now. And maybe we can blame it on the industrial revolution moving into the technological revolution. But I'm going to go back right now and I'm going to talk a little bit about the agricultural revolution. 
in his book *Sapiens*, um, he, uh, I always um, flub his name, so I'm just gonna say *Sapiens*, and I'll make sure I put the show, the book, in the show notes. But the book *Sapiens*, there is a treatise that he does, the writer, the author does, on um, wheat domesticated wheat and how it became our pimp. Yes, I said it, P-I-M-P, pimp. Um, how it it made us chase it, cultivate it, and become its slave. And it became so powerful that it has more power than currency. But not only that, now this is the part he didn't cover in that, but there are, you, you could just go check it out, many, many articles and studies and, and the like that talk about before we had the agricultural revolution in the you know the the latter 1700s to top of the 1800s because at the beginning of the 1800s slash the 19th century that is when global hunger started going down and it was because we domesticated wheat and grains it was a lower cost lower effort aka easy and we were able to feed more people um, because we moved from hunter-gatherer into agricultural. And it took off, the industrialness of it took off in the latter 18th into the 19th century. So um, it used to be hard for people to ink out a living, even with agriculture, until that revolution. But a correlation to that was, and they... It's not necessarily a causation. It's just a correlation at this time. Causation meaning it was a direct result of. Correlation means that it was in the family of. Was that prior to uh, this agricultural thing, there are many, many uh, archaeological studies and digs and things that say that the average person's jawline and mouth were made to accommodate all the teeth that we have and that it was a rarity for people to have crooked teeth. And so the fact that a lot of people have crooked teeth, overcrowding and and need braces is thanks to our change in our agriculture. And if you want to look at it, it was the sinister, sinister side, let me slow it down, of easy. Because it became easier and easier for people to sustain themselves on wheat, rice, um, corn, the the things that could be grown in rows and rows and rows instead of having to go out and forage. And then not only that, we continued to horticulturally evolve our fruits and vegetables. If you look at just even a banana, if you look at a banana before its evolution, it was harder to get the flesh out that was uh, that was um, edible because it had large little seeds. So if you look at a banana now, the little middle part that's really tiny and brown, that used to be huge and it used to have little seeds because it had a lot of fiber. It was not as sweet by a long shot of what we have today. And it made it where you really, like I said, you had to work for it. Likewise, if you do that with most fruit, all of that fruit that we eat and take for granted today that we just, the hardest we got to work, 
<laughs> and I'm going to even say this, the hardest the average person needs to work in um, first world countries is go on your phone app, pick out what you want, and it will be delivered to your door. So you don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. And we keep on making things easier and easier and easier, not understanding that we're becoming suckers, we're becoming more stupid, and God knows we're becoming more slothful. And, uh, you know, so there, there are those types of things. So let me get back on to these things because I was like, what, what? <laughs> they, uh, okay, so there was this other study of Aboriginal peoples, original peoples um, in Australia. And they talked about how before quote unquote missionaries and those types of people came over there and messed with those folks at the beginning of the 20th century, that everybody's teeth it was they, their teeth were beautiful, straight, uh, strong, and then it was uh, only. They said it was it only took seventy years for them to have massive, overgrowing decay, needing extreme dental care because they became a lot of them became addicted to fast foods, junk foods, and foods that were very soft and did not, you know. Need, I mean, did not require a lot of um, dexterity. Even in America right now, in the middle part of America, from Kentucky over to the Oklahomans and things, there is a problem where children under the age of two are having to have all of their their baby teeth removed due to rotting because they would give these baby, babies bottles full of uh, soda or um, or sweet sweet juices and it just rots their teeth from from the from the nubs and it's not even guaranteed that their their next teeth are going to be strong enough to handle regular food it is just depressing um, how the the quest for easy is doing its diabolical best to take us out all right, so now let me go over to the other side, the business side. So going back to this whole concept of suckers and scammers and trying to get something for nothing, there is this concept uh, that I want to share with you really quick about competition, competing, and all of these types of things. And that is, and it goes back to the whole concept about the, the sucker, the scammer, and that. If, for instance, you are trying to get into an industry to, to make your money, okay? And the industry is a low barrier to entry. It is either a done for you or a set and forget or whatever. You need to probably give it the side eye. And when I say give it the side eye is because most of the time, if you get into an industry and they have refined it down to a push button kind of thing, you are a laggard in that industry. You are not um, a early adapter. You are not a early mainstream. You're not even mainstream or latter mainstream. You are a laggard. And it is, and the reason why is because most of the people who understood what it took to get into that industry uh, by, by going in and being 
and and willing themselves to grow the de, uh, the necessary skills through deliberate practice have already established themselves as kings of the industry. And it is easy for them to show you truthfully, look how much money I made in this industry. And guess what? I'm going to take all the guesswork out for you because I've already done all of this for you. And so here you go. Here is a push button. It'll look up all your stuff. It'll do all your research. It'll write all of your, your, your copy. It'll send everything to everyone. I've, I've already got all the distributors set up for you. And it's just plug and play. And you go in and you do it. And either it is easy to set up and you make no money and you barely get your money back, if at all, or it is way harder than they thought than they made it out to be. And you still got to go back and learn all the stuff that they know because you fell for the okie doke. And I'm just trying to help us all because done for you, plug, plug and play. Easy as one, two, three. They they originate from the pit of hell. I'm just, just going to say it. And I am not trying to be doom or gloom. But case in point, I had a conversation with someone the other day. And uh, they were going to uh, try to get people to sign up under their downline for some products. And I was like, well, why are you doing this? Because the person... Let's just, I'm, I'm just going to say, the person did not need to do that. They were just like, well, I thought the product was cool and I'll just, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you have enough money to do your own products. You're really good at this by yourself without this product. It's like, why build somebody else's dream and get, get these people involved in this when they just possibly want the product? They don't want the business. They don't want to do the work to sign up people you know, for a business. And I was like, you know, just go in. You're going to have to learn it anyway. It makes no sense for you to have to learn all this stuff just to give your profits away to someone else. And so we had our conversation and they were like, oh, okay, fine. And they saw it. I was like, you're a business person. Don't abandon your understanding of business um, by, you know, looking at the the shiny pamphlets. You know, as business people, we have to understand our structure. We have to understand who is um, in the lead position, who's holding the market share. Uh, are there any kind of middle people in between? I've talked about this in some of my money podcasts, so I'm not going to go over that again today. But what I am going to say is that what you have to make sure you do is look and make sure that you have not been stripped of your ability to uh, see and seize opportunities because, and I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, uh, that opportunities are cloaked uh, in overalls, meaning that they're cloaked behind hard work and a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, it is, from my observation, it's true because opportunities do require skills. They do require that you develop uh, habits and you develop disciplines that the average person either can't or won't do. And so when you look at the quote unquote easy, I'm going to say this, that their easy is really there. It is really available, but easy usually comes after the hard, not before it. <laughs> so 
until it doesn't. I'll say that. I'll put my little caveat on it. You know, don't write me and say, well, that, you know, that's how it's going. And yes, I can hear you saying, well, that's what we have software for. I don't know how to run my phone and my phone does a lot. And you are right. You are right. I'm talking about for those specific things, like for, uh, and as my time is going down, um, it amazes me how I'll get clients who are like, I spent a lot of money on uh, this this program that said it was going to write my articles for me and I would, you know, be able to put them out only to find that it doesn't do it so well. And they are now they're coming and they're like, you know what, I finally have to do it the quote unquote, cor- not correct, but the long way around. And I'm like, why did you think that you know, and I've actually had people say, well, they told me I'd be writing uh, books on, the, uh, you know, uh, after a weekend. I'm like, OK, so I've been writing them for a decade and I'm still learning, you know, my craft every day as we all should. Why did you think that you were going to come in and knock people off of the top 10 bestsellers and you've never written a a book in your day? You don't even read in the genre you're trying to read in. It really baffles my mind until I remember what P.T. Barnum said about suckers, scammers, stupid people, and slothful ones. And then it makes all the sense in the world because we are all trying to find that loophole. We're all trying to find that easy. And yes, they do exist, but not as plentifully as you would think. And so the wisdom for this is... In this life, you're going to have some troubles. In this life, you're going to have difficulties. And in this life, you're going to have to work. And so if it seems to be too easy to believe, nine times out of 10, it is. And just get ready to do the work so that after you have gone through the frustration of learning the skill and learning how to practice and build a habit, then you will get to the promised land of easy. And so with that, I thank you so much for uh, joining me today and my time is up and I want to say thank you. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check out the show notes and hey, send me comments uh, or questions. Check the show notes for how to uh, contact me. And thank you again. Somebody sent me a cash up today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, And if you do want to support the uh, channel, the um, um, podcast, uh, consider using our Amazon link when you do your Amazon shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. You can also send PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, and other ways, uh, Patreon, to support uh, me as well. I appreciate you, love you, and you know what? We're going to do this again tomorrow. I'll see you then. Bye, y'all. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.